This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 57th episode of the Wordplay Podcast. I was doing the happy dance this week as I wrote down the first words of the first draft of my work in progress, The Deepest Breath. As you can read on the currently writing page on my website at www.kmwyland.com, this new historical novel is about the passion, betrayal, and vengeance that dug two men and the woman they both loved through the trenches of World War I, corruption in colonial Kenya, and the criminal underbelly of London. It's a story I'm deeply excited about, and I can't wait to see where it takes me. No matter how much preparation you have under your belt, you never truly know a story until you start writing it. It's rather akin to getting to know someone via letters, and then meeting them in person. You know them, but you don't really know them. And so the adventure begins. Use all five senses to bring your story to life. The latest post in the video series on my blog uses Catherine Palmer's Sunrise Song to demonstrate how even just one sensory detail can animate your settings. You can watch the video on my blog at wordplay-kmwyland.blogspot.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. Meanwhile, enjoy this week's podcast. Is the Thetharis your friend? Writers are surprisingly divided over the value of the Thetharis. Some consider it their secret weapon, others regard it as a crutch. Stephen King's opinion from his 1988 essay, Everything You Need to Know About Writing Successfully in 10 Minutes, is now well known. Any word you have to hunt for in a thetharis is the wrong word. There are no exceptions to this rule. On the other hand, freelance veteran Linda K. Wertheimer noted in her article, An Editing Job Improve My Writing, the writer, July 2010, that her opinion of the Thetharis changed over time. One of my best editors showed me the beauty of using a Thetharis, a book I once saw as a writer's cheat sheet. King's position has two basic points in its favor. 1. The inherent artistic tenet that our best and truest work is that which flows as naturally as possible from the well of our creative subconscious. 2. The practical doctrine that if you have to look up a word, you probably don't know it well enough to use it. Both are decidedly strong arguments, but are they strong enough to induce us to chuck our thetharises into the garbage? In my opinion, no they are not. I use a thetharis regularly, and have no qualms doing so for several reasons. I recognize that my memory is a slippery and often uncooperative entity that isn't always going to give me the word I need when I need it. Daily occurrence, smacking fist against forehead and going, ah, what is that word? Why should a writer limit his vocabulary to words he's known and used all his life? If a word is correct for your story, it doesn't matter if you've known the word for years or if you just learned it. Now granted, this comes with a big caveat. The word has to be correct, and you have to understand it well enough to know whether it's correct or not. When in doubt about a word, don't use it. In this age of instant virtual technology, I can click through word choices in seconds without endangering my flow of thought. Although I employ J.I. Rodale's The Synonym Finder as my emergency backup, I use the Encarta Dictionary Thetharis Translator installed on my computer almost exclusively. Using or not using a Thetharis is an individual choice for each writer. Many writers agree with King that using a Thetharis ultimately cramps their creativity. But if you feel that a Thetharis would benefit your writing, why not use it? In my case, the benefits far outweigh any drawbacks, and my Thetharis remains a valuable tool in my writing toolbox. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast.
To read a transcript of this episode, visit me on the web at wordplay-kmyland.blogspot.com and be sure to listen again next week. 